0: into the net by Kylian Mbappe and the finish at the near post from Lucas Paqueta. step finds Dembele. The first touch is good. The second is deadly. Neymar still. Oh my word, what a goal. Lovely finish. The delivery again. Zuzzi's header. He's a clinical finisher of Kadiushmili. Outrageous goal from Gael Kakuta. Play it again. and goal Oh, Benyatta. Beautifully done. Sensational.
1: Coming up on Le Beaujeu, Rennes go on the rampage. PSG edge to another victory in Bordeaux without hitting top gear. Where have we heard that before? And Lens take advantage of slips by Marseille and Nice to surge back into second spot. We'll also discuss Saint-Etienne's extraordinary first victory of the campaign against Clermont as Claude Puel pulls off one of the greatest escapes since podcast legend Robbie Thompson dramatically hopped on an aeroplane. For Australia, uh, we will also be talking about Leal because our, our our guest today, Andreas Avagora, is making his pod debut, and he's very keen to talk about Leal. How are you, Andreas? Well, oh, good, thanks. Great. It's good to have Andreas League Gun commentator with us today, along with Ian Holyman um, of Le Bourge fame, also a, a League Gun commentator. How are you, Ian? I'm
2: very well, Matthew. Thank you.
1: Good, uh, good, good. Well, men of few words so far, but uh, the <laughs> conversation will hot up. When we uh when we talk about Ren against Leon, it was the big Sunday night clash. Uh two teams with high hopes of finishing in the top three. Uh let's hear what happened. Armel Tangi commentated the action uh from on Park.
0: Glorijot to take. Laporte head up, and this time Ren do take the lead. They've created so much from open play, but in the end, it's from a set piece that the goal comes. Antony Lopez, finally beaten. And in the history of deserved first-half leads, Bruno Genesio's men have just taken one that is right up there. Laborde on the overhead kick and Traoré doubles Ren's advantage. Quickly sprawn through to Adrien Truffert, who's got fresh legs, and his goal side of Leo Dupont, and he's made it three. Pushed to the floor, it was a strange sort of finish, but he will not care. Lyon have been torn to shreds out here this evening. Flaviante might strike this Flaviente, it'll drop for Lovro Maya. Now Traoré, in the middle is Suleimane, might come still for Truffert, and it's four! Adrien Truffet has been on the pitch all of nine minutes and he's just scored his second goal. And Lyon are crumbling. This for Pride. This for Paquetta's fifth goal of the season. And he does find the
1: back of the net. 4-1. So 4-1 it finished to Ren, An absolute thumping. Uh, Bruno Genesio, the former Lyon coach, getting some uh, some revenge over the club where he got some good results, got them to a Champions League semi-final, got a lot of stick as well during his time at, at Lyon. So I'm sure he was very satisfied. But Ian, uh, Wren looking very, very strong. They had some of their, their big guns on on the bench for this one. Camaldine like Suleimano was only fit enough to start on the bench. They had Gires- Girassi on the bench as well. But they just had too much for Leon, didn't they?
2: Well, I tell you what, if if I if I'm a man of few words this morning, Matt, it's because I was rendered speechless by that Wren performance because it was it was four-one. It it could have been, and I'm not no exaggeration, 7 0 at half time. I mean, that Leon had nothing. Leon had nothing. But let's focus on the positives because Wren were absolutely superb. And remember. Folks, remember this name, Lovro Meyer. That's he was the guy. He absolutely destroyed. He destroyed Leon last night. I mean, left-footed. I mean, when you say left-footed Balkan midfielder, uh, for me, I, I'm all, I'm already in love because they've just got a history of these people. This this guy, 23 years old. They've they've got him out of Dinamo Zagreb, which. Uh, to be fair, have produced quite a number of pretty decent players uh, o- over the, over their time. And he was sensational last night.
1: Sensational. I mean, just out of this world. Ian, I'm glad that you pronounced his name first, because you're very good on the cro- uh, Croatian <laughs> pronunciation. So, lo- Lovro Meja, that, that was his first league start. He'd made a, a couple of sub appearances, having uh, missed the first few months of the season through injury. I think they spent about €12 million euros on him, but... I mean, no one was expecting quite such a such an impact. I mean, for people who who, who didn't watch, you, you know, you've you, you've got us salivating. Is he more uh, Zvonimir Boban or or, or Luka Modric? Twenty three years of age, you know, he looks like a fine, doesn't he? he? He looks
2: a little bit like Luka Modric, uh, actually, and he plays. Very, I would say he plays very much like him uh, as well. His his quality on the ball and delivering delivering balls through. Over the top, he, he produced one. I, I don't even know how he did this. This pass over the top for for Gaetan Laborde. and Labord also excellent yesterday. He, he he really was superb. But I mean, this was this was just a ren, a complete ren performance. It came out of it. Can't say it came out of nowhere because they've been pretty good under Bruno Genesio. But they they were they would that was the best performance I have seen for a very very long time from any French side. And I have to say, uh, Lens, who we'll come on to later, they really impressed me on Friday, but Rennes were just on an absolute... They were on two or three levels uh, above
1: that. Yeah, and uh, Andreas, before we talk about sort of Lyon's poor performance, uh, keeping to, to Rennes, it's it, it's incredibly tight at the top if we take Paris Saint-Germain out of the equation, which it is looking increasingly likely that we're going to have to. They're 10 points clear now. Uh, Lens have 24 points. Then you've got Nice and Marseille on 23 uh, Ren on 22, so they're now three points above above Leon, and uh, they're looking like a team that that you know that had a slightly slow start to the season, but as Ian said, the the form is picking up. They're looking like a team that can push on and finish top three this year.
3: Yeah, well, look, I think the second place is up for grabs. Wren have been very good at home. Um, they were brilliant yesterday. Um, Ian wanted to talk about the positives. I will talk about the negatives. Leon were very very poor. I mean, I think it's fair to say. Their man of the match was Anthony Lopez, and maybe the man of the match was Lopez. Lopez pulled off some brilliant saves before the first uh, goal. And Leon, for me, really underperforming. I mean, they've got real quality in the squad. Um, Lopez was great. Denier and Boteng looked like they were strangers. I mean, they did play poorly. Uh, and the midfield, they just didn't create anything. A can be our, you know, these are quality players. And they just didn't do anything. But you've got to say credit to, to Ren. I mean, they, they just dominated from. First minute to last, uh, they they were superb, and yeah, if they can continue like that, Matt, they're definite candidates for a top three.
1: Yeah, there was talk, wasn't there, that that Peter Boss has, has got them united, and uh, you know, after that that their collapse against Nice, uh, when they lost three two, they they bounced back, they beat Lens. they've uh, qualified in the uh, in in the Europa League, they've already won their group, um, but that the, the performance on Sunday night contradicts that somewhat, and there are a couple of moments, Ian, I, I want to to. To focus on I mean Andreas mentioned Jérôme Boateng was 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 very poor alongside Jason Danaya Uh, they both got two out of ten from from l'équipe Leo Dubois three out of ten not not much better Emerson two out of ten but there were two moments Boateng absolutely screaming at at Leo Dubois at one point and then in added time when it was four nil to to ren leon got a penalty uh usama by all accounts is the uh penalty taker but lucas becketta took the ball and the two of them were arguing for for a moment Howar was looking to the captain dubois to say i should be taking it. i mean that is that is pretty shocking isn't it when you're four nil down in added time and, and they're squabbling over who's going to take a penalty oh
2: uh, absolutely uh, you said peter boss has got that he's got them uh he's sort of got them united. He, he certainly did. He, I, I would disagree. They, they were united yesterday. They were they were collectively rubbish. I mean, all of them, uh, apart from Anthony Lopez, who, as Andrea said, was absolutely outstanding. And the poor bloke, I mean, he was, he, well, it was like shooting practice uh, for, for most of the game. But the, the the incident where Boateng is giving Dubois an absolute rocket is, is pretty graphic, it has to be said. And probably more to the point, play was going on. Boteng's still yelling at him, and and are getting on with getting on with business. As for the penalty, that wasn't a good look at all. That was not a good look at all. Between uh, you've got Iowa holding the ball, and it was it was like Lucas Paqueta's like, "Uh, this is my ball, and and I'm going in for my tea," because it it was like he's just trying to wrestle it off Iowa, and it, eventually he does, and eventually he scores. paqueta's the one who won the penalty, um, but. That was that was that that cannot that cannot be good for team morale. In in the, it, it's so hard to explain that sort of performance because yes, Wren were absolutely brilliant. They they really were. But apart from one Emerson free kick, which Gomez had to save, and it was a, a pretty decent strike. That was all that Leon offered, and that that was literally all that Leon offered. They had Slimani on the pitch. They they've got they had Awa on the pitch. They had Tokoua Akambi on the pitch. I, You didn't even see that these guys were playing.
3: And it's interesting you talk about Boateng because he was brought in as a World Cup winner, great experience. He he has been a superb player. Whether he still is at that level now is another issue. But, you know, he shouldn't be at the heart of controversies. He should be a guy who's organising the team, uh, a leader, and certainly didn't work last night. So I think that maybe this international break has come at a good time for Leon to regroup and, and really improve before the um, before the Christmas break yeah
1: they've got Marseille coming uh, coming up after the international break that will be that will be very interesting you are listening to Andreas Avagora on uh, Le Bourgeois, the official league 1 uber Eats podcast we always welcome your interactions if you do want to send us uh, an email league one podcast at gmail.com if you uh, disagree or agree with anything that uh, that we've been saying so far uh, this morning there are a couple of other teams um, like Leon, uh big teams who are struggling to get to get going really to get their seasons into gear. Monaco are one of them, languishing in mid-table after a nil-nil draw away to Reims. That came just a few days after their nil-nil draw against PSV Eindhoven. So uh the goals drying up at the moment for Niko Kovač's team. And uh, we'll just touch on Lille, because they are, after all, the uh the defending champions. And uh, Lille are down in twelfth. Uh, 16 points again things can change very quickly but this is a game certainly on paper they should have won Uh, Andreas they drew 1-1 with Angers and uh, I saw highlights there were quite a few boos towards the end I saw that miss from Burak Yilmaz right at at, at the end and it's not a you know despite the fact they got that great win in the Champions League against Sevilla and they are very much in contention to qualify from their Champions League group but it, it doesn't feel like a happy place at the moment
3: no, I think you're right. And before the match, uh, Jocelyn Guvenek was really emphasizing consistency because they played well at PSG, you know, even though they lost. Obviously, they played well at Sevilla. They're capable of, of mixing it with the best, but they, they were very flat scoring that goal. And uh, and Daniel Petkovic came in uh, in in the Angers goal. is his first appearance since February 2020 for Paul Bernardoni, who was sick. And you'd imagine they'd go in and, you know, early on, give him, give him some pro- problems, maybe put in some crosses, some long-range shots. They didn't really do it. They never really put Petkovic under that much pressure, even though Petkovic ended up the Montenegrin having a very, very good match. They scored. And then, as Benjamin Andre said uh, in his post-match interview, that they they kind of stopped playing. They didn't know whether to push for the second or defend. And it's it's not a a happy place at the moment. I was looking at at some stats, um, Matt. I mean, uh, the two Jonathans, Bamba and Iconi, no goals, only one goal between them this season. No assists. Last year, Bamba had six goals, nine assists. Coney, four goals and five assists. You know, those two really should be contributing much more. We're a third of the way through the season. No assists and only one goal between them. Um, it's just not good enough. Uh, and these are the defending champions. Um, apart from Montpellier 10 years ago, in the last 20 years, no defending champions have started the season so poorly. So there's there's a lot of pressure on Gorvanek now.
2: Yeah, Matt. If uh, Emmanuel Macron is looking for for a new ambassador somewhere, he, he should get Benjamin Andre because he 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 he's the guy who speaks in these difficult situations every single week for Lille, or perhaps Joseph Font, but he'd have to get that French passport first. But still, there was a lot of talk about the quality of the pitch as well, and that really played into that that chance right at the end, which which Burak Yilmaz surely would have buried um, if he hadn't lost his footing. When he was when he was going for it, he he has been out of form. He hasn't he hasn't been as good as he was last season. That's that's key. I think um, Andres is a little harsh on Jonathan Bomber, um, who I thought played pretty well against Angers. As for Jonathan Ikoné, he he was he, his season so far has been definitely saved by that winning goal in in, in Seville because he he's been he's been poor. Um, just a, another quick word on Lille. Renato Sanchez, he's on his way back to being something like the player. That absolutely took everybody by storm at Euro 2016. He's been playing really well in in recent weeks. I saw their Champions League performance as well. He wasn't perhaps the best then, but in Ligue 1, he's been excellent. He's been a real driving force. Um, he's he's been very very impressive. So, Lille, yeah, not playing not playing great. But there's there's a lot of reasons for that. But uh, one one positive note is definitely the form of Renato Sanchez.
1: Okay, and just uh, touching on uh, Emmanuel Macron, I just want to put the the rumours to bed, uh, linking Robbie Thompson's departure with uh, um, Emmanuel Macron's accusing the Australian Prime Minister of lying. Um, Robbie has not fled the country in relation to that, and Benjamin Andre will be making a statement um, in Le Bourget <laughs> next week. But um, in Robbie's absence, uh, we're going to be talking about Paris Saint Germain. Uh, usually, Robbie is their their biggest advocate, um, but uh, he is listening listening in Australia, and Robbie will be making appearances on Le Bourge. So, all his fans out there, don't worry. Robbie hasn't gone. He's just, uh, yeah, he's just on the beach at the moment. Um, let's hear what happened. Bordeaux versus uh, Paris Saint Germain. It was on Saturday night, and I was commentating the action. Good ball from Mbappe. Bit of space for Neymar. Neymar, ah! Oh. Paris Saint-Germain take the lead, thanks to a flash of brilliance from Neymar. Neymar, Neymar coming inside into the box, finds Mbappe back with Neymar. That is absolutely brilliant. Mbappe and Neymar combining just so, so smoothly, and Neymar's got his second goal. Of this first half, PSG are in. It's three against one. Wijnaldum passes, and Mbappe says thank you very much. Paris Saint-Germain three goals to the good and heading for a victory. Bordeaux won it high up again. Adley, Adley's cross, Elis. Oh, Bordeaux have been rewarded for their pressure in the last 10 minutes or so. And they've got a goal back. Adley, Jimmy Brion. Brion back to Young, And young has got a second and Bordeaux have got about a minute left to try and get a level up. Oh, they've played really well in the last 20 minutes. The fans have been right behind them. And from 3-0, they've got it back to 3-2. So PSG getting over the line. It was looking like a rare, comfortable victory for them at, at, at 3-0. And I think they did probably subconsciously take their take their foot off the gas. Bordeaux, though, I, I want to say Vladimir Petkovic, I was quite impressed and quite surprised that at 3-0, he kept on putting attacking players on. He put Jimmy Brion, Mbaye Nyong, Remy Udin, and you know, I, I was saying, I think in the commentary, well, it's a, you know damage limitation time now. But actually, they they went for it and they got it to three two. They the second goal came right at the desk, so they didn't really have a chance to uh, to get that leveler. But um, it just seems at the moment, uh, Andreas, it's, it seems that PSG uh, are incapable of of winning comfortably. You know, th- there's something that is just stopping them from finishing teams off. And w- in the past, we've seen. With Unai Emery and in particular with Thomas Tuchel, they they had a ruthless streak, and it you know it's something they don't have now. And I don't want to be negative because I know Robbie's Robbie's listening, saying, "Come on, Matt, come on, we won uh, away to Bordeaux, and Neymar's two goals were absolutely superb, by the way." Um, but again, you know they 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 should be winning these games in better fashion, shouldn't they?
3: They should, and it's interesting because the last couple of months they've been actually coming from behind, haven't they, and getting very late winners. This was the opposite. This is what what the French media is talking about. Why aren't PSG just winning games 3 and 4 nil every week? And there was an interesting post-match interview with with Kylian Mbappe. I I, I guess you saw it. You probably translated it, Matt. Um, A rare uh, on-pitch interview. And the the French got this nice word, tomblay, which means sort of tremble, quiver, uh, sort of bottling it as well. And and um, he was
1: asked. Well, you're right, Andres. <laughs> in 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 the translation, I said shaking, and as I said it, <laughs> yeah. I was like, no, it's not shaking. Trembling is better. Well, is I, it? I don't know what yeah, he w-
3: thought. I, I thought Mbappe was. He kind of bristled with that question a bit, didn't he? He's like, no, we, no, we're not, we're not tomblay. Come on, we're winning every game, and uh, he didn't really like that question too much. Uh, Ander Herrera, I've got to say, his French is very good. Ander Herrera spoke. Um, Another interview after, and he was a little bit more candid and said, yeah, look, we should be killing these games off when you're 3-0 up. Maybe they took the foot off the pedal a little bit. I think the key tactically for me is is, is Verratti and Paredes, because when the opposition are putting a very high press in, you obviously need very uh, technically gifted midfield players to to release that and turn defence into attack. And with all respect to the midfield PSG had it on on Saturday, not quite that level as as Vratti as Paredes. If they can get those two back, I think it will be much easier for for PSG. As you said, um, Neymar get, getting back to his brilliant best. But of course, it's an international break again. And Neymar is off to play for Brazil. Uh, Paredes might be off to play for Argentina, bizarrely, as he hasn't played. Uh, and Messi apparently is on the plane to South America as well. So, yeah, it's a curious situation. They will, PSG fans will just be hoping and praying that... Uh, the, the South Americans, Di Maria as well, come back fit because, you know, if those, those three, four are on song, they're going to beat almost every team in Europe fairly comfortably once they get going. But it's kind of been stop-start so far for Matt. I think the international breaks has, has had a lot to do with it.
2: I think, I think it's a bit of a worrying question because you, you say, why, why didn't they kill these teams off? They did kill Bordeaux off. Bordeaux were nowhere. They were three 0 up, Paris Saint Germain. They were cruising, and yes, the, the French media keep going on about how PSG won thanks to their superstars, and it wasn't a team, what it wasn't a team effort or whatever. What, what do they want? Of course, if you've got great players, great players win you football matches. It's not it, it, what did they want Juan Bernat to come up with a hat trick from left back. I mean, of course, if you've got Neymar and Mbappe, they're probably going to do do something that makes you win the game. That's what they're there for, but. They did have Bordeaux on the ropes. Bordeaux were on the floor, never mind on the ropes. And then they just let them back in. And I, actually, I was at the, the Champions League game uh, in Leipzig. I was at the Champions League game between PSG and Leipzig in, in Paris. And I mean, Leipzig, much better team than Bordeaux, it has to be said, battered Paris Saint-Germain for me. Certainly in the first half in Paris, in the first half in, in, in Leipzig as, as well. And PSG had that game won... Essentially, perhaps against the runner play in Leipzig, conceded a late penalty. They stick it away. Leipzig sticks it away, and, it, and it, it's a draw. And PSG lose top spot in in the group. They're just letting things slip, and that's that's surely it's not a quality question. That's a
1: mentality question. And I think Ian, that's why people are being quite harsh on them because yes, they're winning their games in League One, but when we see what's happening in the Champions League they should be okay to go through but they have uh, surrendered top spot now to manchester city um there's no control in those games is there against against leipzig in particular they're creating so many chances and yeah they had the game completely in control against uh, against bordeaux until those last 20 minutes and they were, they were all over the shop so it's 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 hard because i don't want to be too harsh we touched on the fact that they they got the result they went 3-0 up away to bordeaux and they got the win despite the fact that Messi, Verratti, Kimpembe were were all out, and Pochettino decided that he'd leave Di Maria and Idrissa Gay on the bench. So the the midfield was uh, Dina Ibimbe, very young player, uh, alongside Herrera, uh, Genie Wijnaldum playing just uh, just ahead. Um, a word maybe just to Andreas about about Wijnaldum because obviously those two goals he got in in midweek in the Champions League were really important. He's had a really disappointing start to life uh, at at Paris Saint Germain. Given. The impact he had at Liverpool, but also his performances in the Euros where he was absolutely brilliant. I just thought he was going to be such an important element for, for, for Paris Saint-Germain. Do you think Pochettino in, in those last two games has perhaps found the formula that will help Wijnaldum? Because he's playing now in a more advanced role sort of in front of two midfielders. And that's where he shone with, uh, with the Netherlands.
3: Yeah, I think it's a good point. I don't know if you saw the interview with uh, Wijnaldum. I think it was before the Leipzig game. He was... Quite candid, as, as Dutch players often are. And he, he admitted that he was struggling to, to fit into the PSG system. He was playing much more defensively uh, at Liverpool. And he basically, between the lines, was saying, look, I knew exactly what my role was at Liverpool. It was 100% clear, whereas here, it, not quite sure. You know, He wasn't going to go and criticise Pochettino. But, but between the lines, it, it sounded like he wasn't quite clear of his role. Then he got into goal-scoring form. But it is all about that midfield. I mean, if if he does play with with Verratti, once Verratti comes back, it's a very powerful looking midfield. And just going back onto Ian's point, I, I think it's a good point because a lot of a lot of people in the French media say, "Well, look, PSG don't have a attack, don't have any tactics, they don't have strategy. They just give it to Mbappe, give it to Neymar, and they win the game." That that is a tactic. Those are strategies. Look, when you've got Mbappe running against a right back, that's not a bad strategy to employ you know he's probably going to score a goal or two uh doing that the question is at the very top level is that going to win you the Champions League depending on those individuals um we're sort of on new ground because you know has any team had an Mbappe a Messi and Neymar Di Maria playing together not really I mean it's it's a mouth-watering front four um I do think though Pochettino needs to get them playing much more together and he clearly needs to sort out the defence because they, they were wobbling against Bordeaux.
1: OK, well, I think we'll we'll leave it there for Paris Saint-Germain. Ten points clear of uh, of Lens. I'll just mention Kylian Mbappe because he he did get his sixth goal of the season and he set up the two for Neymar. So he's actually joint top of the assists chart uh, now, uh, as well as being well positioned in the top scorers charts. He is... Uh, Level with Jonathan Close of Lens, who we'll be talking about in a moment, and with Moses' daddy Simon, the uh, Nigerian uh, for Nantes. Uh, Nantes held to a 2-2 draw. That was another good game this weekend. Strasbourg were down to 10 men. They came from behind twice. They're doing very well, Strasbourg, under Julien Stéphan. Um, But now it's déjà who time. It's time for you, the listeners, to uh, to get involved and to try to crack the conundrum of which player we are talking about uh, last week's clue was um this a young striker who arrived in france from brazil with a flourishing reputation i won a league title in my only full season i played alongside pierre Alain Fro hatem ben arfa and jeremy clement my name sounds like an early video console version of that one of my compatriots is that right is did, did i read that right? In? probably
2: not matt but, uh, you know.
1: <laughs> anyway, the answer, the answer was Nilmar. Nilmar sounds like um, an early video console version. Is that right, Ian? Yeah, of course. Come on. Can you explain this? Now,
2: yeah, okay, now, okay, now, we, we had, we had, Davo, Davo wrote in from Australia, and he said, I don't get the console reference. Now, Davo's email has a picture of him, and I, and now I understand why he doesn't get the video console <laughs> reference, because he's about 20 years younger than I am. So, But Andres, Andres, and you will, Andres and you will get this because in the early days of computer games, of football computer games, they didn't have the naming rights. So what they would do is just sort of alter the name so that you knew who they were talking about, but um, it wasn't actually their name. So for example, Brian Robson, who was a big, big Manchester United England captain, they would change his name to Ryan Bobson. And you'd be like, <laughs> I know who that is, but they haven't quite used his name. Neil Mar, come on. Neymar, I mean, obviously.
1: Wow, these clues, man. These clues are getting more and more obscure. Neil Mar, okay. Yeah, Neil Mar, w- Incredibly, there were some correct answers. Incredibly. So well done yeah. to <laughs> to Adam Sironik, back after some weeks off. Good to have you back, Adam. Paul Thomas, Clay, James Cathy, Michelle Mass, Habib Bar, Davo T, as we call him now, um gonzalo tuba in new jersey well done everybody congratulations um if you think you know the answer to this week's clue you can send us an email league one podcast at gmail.com or use the hashtag deja or le Bourgeois on twitter we will pick up your answers here we go then for this week's deja who i followed in the footsteps of my league and title winning uncle by starting my career in france I began in the south, headed to Brittany, where I won a Coupe de France, but really caught the eye in the north. I was most successful in Spain, where I was part of one of the greatest teams of all time. I like that. I like that, Ian. That's a good deja vu. It's not an easy one at all, I would say. But uh, if you think you know the answer, league one Podcast at gmail.com or hashtag deja or hashtag Le on Twitter. Um, time to uh, to move back to the action and we're going to bring in Ian Holyman's commentary game. We'll actually add two this weekend. This was one of them. Uh, Lens against Troyes. Could they uh, bounce back from their defeat by Lyon? They were at home against Trois.
2: Lovely little ball through by Kakuta to Fafana. His side. Great move by Lens. Oh, wonderful goal. They just played round Trois. And Kalimuendo on the end of a fabulous team move for Francese's side. Klaus plays that in, brilliant finish by Wesley Side, and Lance have doubled their lead. Side again, and it is it. It was saved initially by Gallon. But Klaus was there to snap it up.
0: Kakuta, lovely little ball through. Satoka. And a chance here. And a four for Frankowski.
1: So Ian, four-nil, a demonstration from Frank Ez's team, and uh some people were starting to, to maybe write them off in terms of the race for the uh for the top three, but they're very much in it, aren't they?
2: Oh my. Wow. I mean, bounce back. Look at me. This this was this was this. It's amazing that this was only the second best performance of the weekend by, by a Ligue 1 team because it, they were sensational. Now, People in the north of France are known as Shti. This was shtiki I mean, it, it really was. <laughs> it was brilliant. The first goal, the first goal was just like a training ground exercise. It, that's what it looked like. And they're, they're playing against pro, pro, fellow professionals who were actually trying to win, who were actually trying to get the ball off them. No, Tua couldn't get near them, they just passed it round, just one touch, bing, 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 Calimuendo goal. Brilliant. It, it, was, it was amazing. The, the, the good thing as well about Kalimuendo, and, and this, is, this is a sign of the times, and Davo will understand this one, is that Kalimuendo went off, celebrated, did the whole knee slide, then he stood up, and then he did the whole VAR TV thing <laughs> to the fans and tried to calm them down, because he thought he was offside. And actually, he was, he, he, was, he was not given offside. Um, and later, after, after Lons had already scored three in the first half, he scored another one and was given offside when he didn't look as onside as he was for the first one. In fact, no, he looked more onside than for the first one, shall we say. Excuse me, got that the wrong way around. Uh, but it was ruled out. I think it was just pity on Troyes. Because they were out, they were outclassed. Um, they they were or, or perhaps you could say they were outcloused because the, that 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 right wing back for Lance, he, he's just appropriately enough for somebody who's related to the bloke who lives in in in, in Lapland and provides the presents at Christmas. Clearly, he he's the, he's just he's just the the wing back that keeps on giving. I mean, his ball into the box for Calimouendo was 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 fairly straightforward, but still had to be played. The ball in for Wesley Saïd was pretty decent. I have to say it Wesley Saïd, where's he come back from? My god, he 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 looked brilliant. Fabulous. Dijon, I think. But, yeah, exactly. and Toulouse <laughs> and Rennes where he didn't really make he didn't really exploit his potential which he undoubtedly had and, and clearly now has. And he's really flourishing under Franck Ayres, who was previously the Rennes youth academy director. And uh, Saïd scored a brilliant second goal. Unfortunately, he's picked up an injury that that took him off before halftime. Probably a thigh injury. He's probably out three or four weeks now. Unfortunately for them, but he he looked to be brilliant. This was this in stark contrast to Paris Saint-Germain. Lance are a team, and they they win as a team. This is a he, this is an incredibly well-oiled, well-drilled uh, side. And when one player comes out, another one just comes in, slots in seamlessly, and. A, a brilliant performance, and they—they—they they are genuine. I mean, who'd—who'd thought—who'd have thought we would be, we'd be—we'd be saying this? But they are genuine contenders. If they continue playing like this, genuine contenders for a top two finish. Never mind anything else.
1: Frank Ez, it deserves so much credit. It's almost like he's kind of fallen into this job by mistake. I mean, he was—he was promoted, wasn't he? When uh, Montagnier was sacked um, just before just before COVID hit, and he had he oversaw two games in the second division. Frances won them both. Lance a little bit fortuitously, perhaps, because they happened to be second when the uh, when the season was was cancelled. They got up. And nobody was expecting them to do much. They've been absolutely unbelievable. And I just I'll bring Andreas in, but I I want to just talk a bit about Jonathan Close because, you know, first of all, when you compare his performance to Leo Dubois last night, and it's a bit harsh to say that, but you, you you wonder how on earth Jonathan Close is not in the France squad and, and Leo Dubois is. Um but we know Leo Dubois has 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 qualities as well. But Close is 29. I'm just looking at the clubs he's played for. So he's played quite a lot in Germany. He played for SV Links. no idea what division that was in. He's played for in France for Ryon Letap, Avranche, Couvely Rouen. He then went back to Germany and played for Arminia Bielefeld. And Lens picked him up in, in 2020 from Arminia Bielefeld. And, um, you know, that's some pretty good scouting. This guy, 29, hitting the peak and look at, he's looking like international quality because it's, it's not just the assists. He gets up and down that right-hand side. He can defend. And um, I'm just wondering, Andres, do France need to introduce like another another team into international football so that Christopher Nkunku and Jonathan Klossom and, and people like that, who Didier Deschamps is just refusing to acknowledge... Um, can actually play 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 international football. He's he's been a joy to watch, hasn't he? Klaus?
3: Well, you're right. I mean, the the depth of the French team at the moment is is astounding. And clear. I think it just shows maybe we write players off too quickly. If if players haven't made it at 24, 25, it's like okay, they're never going to get to the top level. And Klaus is 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 proving that. You know, if players keep working hard, you can improve. And at 28, 29, especially in that position. Um, you, you can be a really, really good player. A word about Callum Wendo. In general, Lons' uh, recruitment has been, has been very good, hasn't it? And, and Callum Wendo. just thinking about Lille again, I think he's the kind of player Lille would love to have. Whether PSG would have allowed him to go to Lille is another thing, but he's been a, a, an excellent um, acquisition this year for, for Lons on, on loan. Uh, and the other thing that um, Lons' watchers seem to say is, is the team just, they're really enjoying their football. And maybe that's another slight contrast with PSG. Um, you know, smiles on their faces when there was a, a goal disallowed. They're enjoying their football, and and that does help. And we've said it before, or you've said it before on this podcast. It, it's a great club, Lons. It really is. Uh, they got the twelfth man. It's part of the world where they do love their football. And I think most neutrals would would be really happy if Lons can get in Europe next year. I think that would be that would be great for Liga and great for Lons.
1: It's certainly a a contrast, isn't it, to life at at Lille at the moment. There is, yeah, such a feel-good factor at the Stade-Felix-Bollard. They are, so they're second, 24 points, 10 behind PSG, one point above uh, both Nice and Marseille. Marseille held to a nil-nil draw at home by Mets, and uh, frankly, they could have lost. They could have lost. Mets were down to 10 men. Uh, Jemison sent off early in the second half, but um, Marseille, a long way from their best uh, again. We're not going to talk about Marseille though unfortunately Marseille fans sorry about that um lots to get through we'll talk quickly about Nice who suffered a defeat Ian Holyman commentated their game against uh against Montpellier uh Flora Mollet scoring the only goal Ian and uh by all accounts um a goal that came very much against the run of play
2: well hmm yes against the run of play but not necessarily totally unexpected because Nice had a lot of possession. They they really did. I think up around seventy percent. But they didn't really do anything with it. There was a good chance for Guiri early on. Um, Andy the Andy Delorico. This one we had the the Bruno Genesico uh, Genesioco uh, earlier. But this is uh, this is the Delorico. No doubt about that. He was very much in focus before the game, having left Montpellier in the summer. Um, Everybody seemed to, on the Montpellier side happy to see him. Probably the fans weren't, but uh, the players were certainly. But Nice were just, they were sluggish. They didn't move the ball quickly. montpellier They made life easy for Montpellier. Uh, Mont- nice can be great when when they're on the break. They've got plenty of pace in the sides, um, but they didn't use it. And they allowed Montpellier to sort of set up in this really compact, well-drilled block. We all know how good a, a tactician Olivier Dalolio is, and he just, he went against character, he went against the grain, or his own grain, as it were, and, and just set them up very solid, defensively well-drilled, and Nice just could not break them down.
1: Well, elsewhere in uh, Ligue 1 Uber Eats this weekend, it was uh, a big weekend at the bottom. Brest got their second successive victory. They won away to Lorient, Lorient's first home defeat in, uh, in a long time, six months, I think, since Lorient uh, lost at home. Uh, Brest, two wins in a row for them. They have climbed out of the bottom three. Bordeaux have slipped into it. They're on uh, 12 points. They're in 18th. Um, Saint-Étienne have climbed off the bottom. They've got nine points. Mets bottom now with eight points, despite drawing away to Marseille. Um, we're going to talk about Saint-Étienne because I have to admit, I, I I didn't see the game. They were playing at home against Clermont. And I remember looking uh Looking on my telephone and I saw they were 2-0 down at home against Claremont, and I thought that's it. You know, Claude Puel's going to be gone. Um, but Ian, an unbelievable climax to this game. Saint-Etienne winning it 3-2. They were 2-1 down going into added time. Um, just totally like implausible, really. I mean, Claremont <laughs> must have thought the game was over, no? Yeah.
2: I mean, well. Ah oh, no, no Dan pulled one back sort of twelve minutes twelve minutes from time. Mohamed Bayou had got a goal as well for Clermont to put them put them two 0 up. But almost kind of a kind of a derby this one. Like Clermont's on the other side of 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 Saint Etienne to Lyon. No fans there as you said. At least not in the stadium. There were certainly fans outside the stadium because there was a pretty big protest um, against Saint Etienne against Puel against pretty much everybody as far as the Saint Etienne fans are concerned um before the game Nordan Nordan scores not i mean nobody really thought that there was going to be a comeback and then Nordan sticks a corner in 92nd minute Jean-Philippe Crasso, who's never scored for for Saint-Etienne up till now pops one pops one in and then and then they, they come up with a, another Nordan corner it's deja vu all over again Say Sou pops up with the, with the winner 95 minutes in just, just incredible, just incredible. It's not going to stop the fractious nature of the of the, 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 of the fans, of the relationship with the fans uh, with the club. I think for now, but there's still talk of the takeover. Um, how well that will go will will remain to be seen. But they are off the bottom, albeit. I mean, the Mets were very unlucky not to win at Marseille, but uh, Saint Etienne very lucky to win at home to Clermont.
1: But will, will they do a, a Norwich? I think Norwich this weekend got their first win of the season and still sacked their coach. Um, Claude Puel, though, you, you just feel like he's, he's, he's a cat with a lot of lives. I mean, he, he was saved in the derby very late on. Saidu So already got a late equaliser against Lille. So they, they're just sort of clinging on. And that, Andreas, uh, to get that win before the international break takes them off the bottom as well. You know, it probably means Puel is, is staying, I imagine.
3: I would think so. Look, he started very well at Saint-Étienne um, w- when he first took over. So he, he can point to, to, to that track record. And it's a very big week for um, for the club because this week is, is the deadline for bids to take over. And the favourite is, and I will look to pronounce uh, the Cambodian prince's name correctly, Noradom Ravichak. Um, this is new ground, isn't it? I mean, we used to a lot of foreign investment, but uh, a, a Cambodian prince that that's... Um, that is going to be something new and interesting. Of course, Saint-Etienne fans, they just want to change a direction and they want some money put into the club. Um, whether that will happen, we'll, we'll see. But it's a very, very big week for saint uh off the pitch as well. It's going to be fascinating to see what happens. It's a big club, big history, small town, but lots of potential to grow
1: that club. Absolutely. And what an incredible game in uh, a season that just keeps on giving. We've had so many unbelievable scenarios unbelievable comebacks and uh uh five goals six goals seven goals thrillers long may it continue it's been a a really solid debut from uh, andreas Avogore he's been um uh stealing the thunder somewhat from spiro and holyman and uh i, I dare say robbie thompson it isn't being missed at the moment but <laughs> we're gonna put andre <laughs> sorry robbie. we're gonna put andreas on the spot here with our with our um what's it called our bon voyage because it's time to go on a little journey and i th- i think andreas is a is a regular listener so he knows what this is about we have to decide where we want to go not next weekend the weekend after because it is international break uh next weekend but uh andreas time for you to kick us off then with uh bon voyage Oh, do you want me to say that? <laughs> <laughs> <Should> we... <laughs> I'd, like, I'd like to go to Mauritius for a couple of weeks. <laughs> <I'd like> to... <laughs> Let me explain some of the games. Hang on. So some of the big games, just to help you here, Andreas, we've got Monaco versus Lille. Um, that's coming up on uh, Friday. look two weeks ahead. Go ahead, Monaco, Lille. Friday um, night on uh, November the 17th. We've got PSG against Nantes on the Saturday. Rennes against Montpellier, those two teams, they got big wins in round thirteen. They're playing on the Saturday night, the big Sunday night clash. The Olympico Lyon versus Marseille. So um yeah, hopefully you get you get the gist, Andreas. Where where do you fancy going?
3: Yeah, it's a real toss up because you've got four teams who are underperforming really. I mean Lyon against Marseille is always uh, an exciting match uh, with a good atmosphere, but you know, is there anywhere better to be on a Friday night than than Monaco? I mean, you know all about that, Matt. So it, Monaco only—they're they're two very interesting clubs for me. I—I I, I went to Monaco a couple of weeks ago, and you know, they're capable of of mixing it in the top three or four, um, even though there's very few fans at that stadium. So I'm 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 really tempted to go either to Lyon or, or Monaco. Let, I tell you, let, let, let's go to Lyon because we're going to get a better atmosphere there.
1: Fair enough. Probably, probably. <laughs> what about you, Ian?
2: Wow, well, hmm. There's, there's an absolute bunch of, of, of intriguing fixtures and I, and, and I really mean that. Um, one that catches my eye bizarrely is trois Saint-Étienne, purely because I want to see how Saint-Étienne come back from that one um, at, the, at the weekend. brest Lens. Having seen Lens absolutely tear part apart, um, that could be a great one because uh, Brest, they, they they like to play a bit of football as well. Um, I think I would go to Roseland Park, though. Ren montpellier that's going to finish
1: 15-12, possibly? 7-8? I mean, who knows? <laughs> at least, at least. Uh, okay, well, I'm I'm going to cheat a little bit. I'm going to come along with you, Ian, to, to Roseland Park, but just, you know... Just take that one in, maybe from a from a distance, maybe sit in a in a bar in, in the lovely town centre <laughs> and, and watch that on TV. Because I'm going to save myself for the for the Sunday, the early Sunday clash, Brest against Lens. Uh, I love the Stade Francis Lublet, little compact uh, stadium on the coast uh, in, in in Brittany. Brest-Lens, Brest Lens, Brest of one, two in a row. Um so yeah, so they're in good form. The fans are gonna be really up for it. We know that Lens. They're a team that go for it. They're a team that play great football. So that, that should be really good. And hopefully I could get back home in time to watch Lyon Marseille on, on telly because that, that that will be brilliant. What a what a weekend of Ligue one action for Matthew Spira coming up. And hopefully for all of you listeners, hopefully you're managing to watch and, and enjoy this terrific season. Um, that is it, though, from us here at Le Bourgeois. So um, yeah, we'll see you again. Don't forget, uh, no podcast next week. We'll be back in two weeks. So from Ian Holyman and Andreas Evagora, me and Matt Spiro, it's time to say goodbye. We'll see you again soon. All the best. Ciao ciao. Bye. Outrageous
0: goal from Gael Kakuta. Again, Oh,
1: beautifully done. Sensational.